Hello, everyone. This is the JML for Real podcast. Yes, that is right. This is the JML for Real podcast, and this is your host, JML, coming at you. And uh, well, today is going to be a, a little bit of a mixed bag. I, I'm going to have a, a, a few guest hosts, hopefully. There's a few people with the link that will be calling in. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll see who calls in at what point in time. But I'm starting the show off with a very special guest host who has appeared in the show uh, twice before. And uh, she made a pick two Monday nights ago that she got correctly. And, well, you know, here is Autumn. Say hello, Autumn. Hello. Okay, so she's back just for a, a, a little quick segment at the beginning because, well, you know what? Uh, she had so much fun that one time and she was like, can I do it again? And I was like, sure, why not? So I was like, maybe you could pick the winner of the Thursday night football game. So Autumn, the, uh, the Carolina Panthers go to the Houston Texans. And Autumn, who do you want to win, Carolina or Houston? Uh, the Panthers or the Texans? The Texans. So Autumn said it right there that she has the Houston Texans winning on Thursday night football. So yeah, and uh, any final thing you want to say? Yes. Oh, what do you want to say? You could just say something random. Like saying something random like this. Okay, I could have just so really good and bad. Which one do you want first? Uh, we we only want you doing good stuff, Autumn. So <laughs> okay. Well, and. Uh, <laughs> Well, okay, say one final thing and then say goodbye afterwards. Okay, and I want all of you to play there and I want all of you, I want you to do it. Bye-bye. Okay. All right, head upstairs to mommy now. All right, so. Oh no, we're we are real podcasting right now, Autumn, and I need to get into the NFL games. But and now you need to head upstairs to mommy, okay? All right. Bye so her, say okay, and she says bye bye to everyone. So remember, play and do it. Though that's Autumn's important messages, and uh, you know, kind of that transitions bye-bye. right into football. So, so yeah, play and do it. Uh, yeah, play the games, and uh, you know, do what you're supposed to do. Kind of like last night. For Monday Night Football, the Packers came out, the Detroit Lions came out ready to play, and the Packers came out ready to play. And, uh, you know, in the second half, it was the Packers that did it, and the and the Detroit Lions who got it done, too. So, yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah, let's just dive right into the Monday Night Football game first. As I said, there will be people joining throughout the show. Uh, I don't know who yet, but uh, the JMO for Real podcasters all have the link. None of them have full availability for this hour, but some of them have partial availability. So I'm guessing that we will be seeing a few of them in a few minutes. All right. So uh, the Monday night football game. So we all thought that uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers were just going to go into that game and, you know, lambast the, uh, the uh, Detroit Lions from start to finish. And, uh, yeah, no, we had a uh, both America and the uh, – Packers had a had a surprise opening drive of the game. Detroit goes down the field. Jared Goff hits Quinton Cephas, uh, and um, uh, the Lions are on the board first. The Packers nodded up, but but then the but then the Lions go right back out there again, and uh, Goff hits Hawkinson, and the Lions have another lead. So 
you know, you could see early that, uh, you know, you, you saw two things early. That Detroit came to play, and this was not going to be Green Bay's statement game, and that Rod, Aaron Rodgers was not trying to tank last week. He was just legitimately that bad last week. And not just him, because he took a lot of heat for it, but the Green Bay Packers was just legitimately that bad. And, uh, you know, but, uh, yeah, all the same, even with them, even with them ready to play and even with them not in tank mode, you know, you started to question, it's like, is this Packers team as good as Packers teams have been in the past? Because, you know, they get blown out by New Orleans last week. And they're clearly trying this week, and they're losing to Detroit Lions at halftime, 17-14. I'm sure a lot of things ran through a lot of people's minds. And, uh, you know, we weren't expecting a shootout. We were expecting a one-sided blowout. And honestly, we didn't even know what to expect anymore at halftime. But um, it turns out that people who stuck to their guns and uh, said, you know, the, the Packers are just too good. The Detroit Lions will fall out eventually. Um you know, found it to be true. So, um, yeah, uh, Packers rattle off 21 points consecutive in the second half of the game and uh, go on to win by a final score of 35-17. to um, The biggest storyline from this game is the fact that Aaron Jones scored four touchdowns, three of them receiving touchdowns from Aaron Rodgers, and one of them on the ground. Uh, Rodgers threw another touchdown to Robert Tanyan. He hooked up with uh, – uh, Devontae Adams eight times for over 100 yards. So, you know, all, all the usual suspects for that Packers offense. Rodgers was on. Jones was you know, Jones was on fire. Uh, um, the Adams had a great game. And uh, Robert Tanyan even had the pass. So, uh, had the score. So, you know, that it's exactly what expected about the uh, from the Packers offense. And uh, Packers defense in the first half allowed Detroit to travel the field pretty freely. Honestly, uh, another takeaway from this game, Detroit Lions offense isn't as bad as we thought it was. Um, maybe that comeback on San Francisco at the end of the game wasn't as big of a fluke as, you know, as I said it was multiple times. So um, Detroit's making me eat my words. Um, they're biting off kneecaps. I'm eating my words. And uh, yeah, no, they really are playing a physical grinding uh, style of football with, you know, and accentuated by strong plays from guys like uh, Quentin Safis and TJ Hawkinson. Um, very, the running backs are very involved in the past game too with both DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. Honestly, Goff is doing well in Detroit. It hasn't converted to wins yet, but, um, you know, this Lions team, Head coach Dan Campbell, just keep on chugging away. Keep that tough mentality. You know, keep keep biting at those kneecaps. Eventually, one of them is going to come off, and you're going to crunch it, and it's going to taste like the sweet taste of victory. Yeah, no, uh, that that's an analogy that definitely uh, <laughs> that's an analogy that definitely is going to. Oh yeah, no, uh, okay, yeah, I, I I'm tasting bone bone meal in my mouth now. So. <laughs> But either way, um, you got to like what you saw out of the Lions for the first half because their statement was, we're not going to allow the Packers to have a statement. And, you know, at the end of the game, the Packers did, you know, they rattled off the 21. But honestly, if I'm a Detroit Lions fan, I'm starting to believe in the future of my franchise. And that's all that you could hope for, right? Like, 
Um, because two weeks ago, it didn't look as optimistic as it currently looks right now. So who knows? Maybe Detroit wins a few more games than uh, when they, than we thought they would initially. Honestly, you know, I, I, I want to apologize to Detroit Lions, uh, to Detroit Lions organization, to its players and to its fans, because I projected this team to win one game. And this team is clearly going to win more, one, more than one game. They have that tough mentality. They have that uh, they have that underdog personality, but it, it, in a good way. And honestly, the offense isn't as tragic as we all thought that it was going to be, or or at least that I thought it was going to be. So, uh, congrats to Detroit for what they did in the first half. Congrats to Green Bay for finding themselves in the second half. That defense needs to get a little better, but you know I'm going to give it a little bit of a pass last night because they were without their top edge rusher, Cedarius Smith. So yeah, at the end of the day, um, that defense did what it needed to do. It clamped down in the second half. It held uh, Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions uh, scoreless, and uh, yeah. So that was a that was a good Monday night game for for a half, and then we got to see some great play from the Packers stars in the second half. As of right now, a little bit of an update on who may or may not join, be joining. Um, going to So Zach will not be joining us. It looks like Ethan will not be joining us. But there is a chance that Josh will be jumping in at some point in time in the near future. So, uh, so yeah, and uh, maybe even Sarah will join in at some point in time in the near future. Okay, so I will be moving right along. and. Uh, and I will beginning, uh, begin the recap of this Sunday NFL action. We will start off, we will start off by uh, going over the picks that I gave you guys. And uh, yeah, I went five and three this week. Not as good as the four and one of the first week, but um, I did get the lay 12 with the Packers. I missed on the, um, um, no, I, I did get the, the two touchdown scores correctly with um Mike Evans and Derek Henry getting touchdowns this week. I missed on the over for the Buffalo Miami game. I, I honestly thought the Dolphins would score some points in that one. So, you know, at the end of the day, I, I took the over and I did think it was going to be a blowout, but uh, it wasn't just a blowout. It was a shutout. I missed uh, giving the Houston Texans, uh, I, I missed uh, laying the 13 with the, Cleveland Browns, uh, Houston Texans were much more competitive than I thought they'd be. I hit the Buffalo Bills lane three and a half, way too low of a line, and I missed on the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Titans, I took with the points, and I won outright on that. And, um, yeah, so that's everything. So, um, yeah, so five and three this week, four and one the first week, up to nine and four for the year. Um, hopefully Josh is able to come on at some point in time to review how he did this week. But uh, I believe he did pretty well, though I have no clue how he did in that Canadian football game that I allowed him to pick. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, diving right in and getting started. We will start at the top of the slate where the New York Jets and the New England Patriots. Uh, I don't know whether it's going to be a long season as a Jets fan or whether this is just the growing pains of rookie quarterback, but, uh, you know, this could be the statement day game for the Patriots defense. Like, you know, Bill Belichick 
loves beating the Jets. Uh, the New England Patriots defense did uh, did well against Miami a week ago. Ultimately, the game was caught better offense in the area of efficiency to score touchdowns. And, the, you know, their defense was, you know, can't say anything more about it other than it was stellar against the New York Jets. Part of that is a rookie quarterback, but it would have been nice to see a touchdown late. Um, Jets fans, it's going to be a long season. It's just a simple way to put it. There will be some growing pains, but th- there really isn't a lot of positive that we can take out of this. Uh, that brutalizing run from Damian Harris, that, that 26-yard touchdown run where he's swatting Jets off like five. But, yeah, where he's looking like Derrick Henry, we will get to Derrick Henry in a little bit. Hopefully I have a co-host uh, at that point in time. But, uh, yeah, where he was looking like Derrick Henry, um, you know, and just plowing it into the end zone, that, that's how you get out of the Belichick doghouse. That's how you – um, that's how you make up for that fumble that you had a week ago. Um, yeah, no, Damian Harris looked brilliant that game. The Patriots secondary looks back to form. The Patriots pass rush looks back to form. Josh Uche with a couple of sacks. I know I mentioned his, uh, his name on the show in the past as far as, you know, as someone that I like, but I didn't even think that he would, I didn't even think that he would uh, be this this quickly. I thought he was going to be a backup, so Congrats to the New England pass rush, uh, constantly getting in Zach, um, in Zach Wilson's face. And, um, yeah, um, that secondary, J.C. Jackson, um, the, the four interceptions, uh, it was just a perfect game for the New England Patriots. Uh, once again, Mac Jones was efficient. Um, he did not uh, – I believe he is now turnover free through two games. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's looking like the best of the rookie quarterbacks right now. Uh, Mac Jones was uh, 22 of 30. He only threw for 186 yards. But that, you know, with the way the game flow went, uh, with, with the running game uh, doing what it did, and with the turnovers, the short fields, um, yeah. Uh, James White got fully involved again. It's six receptions. Had a rushing touchdown also. So, all in all, a good team win for the New England Patriots and a bad loss for the Jets. It makes Jets fans feel that these are the same old Jets. Um, it's not a lot to go in, into this. Like The Patriots' defense is real. The Patriots' defense is back. And the Jets have a long rebuild ahead of them. All right, moving on to a one of the other less exciting games. Um, the Denver Broncos uh, over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Final score was 23 to 13. Um, like we said about Zach Wilson, we're going to be saying it about Trevor Lawrence too. Trevor Lawrence is, is going to have a learning curve. Granted, he, he also faced a rough defense too. He gave Patrick Sertan his first interception of his career. Uh, so a little bit of a rookie highlight right there. Um, who was starting uh, for the inter, uh, for the inter-Gronald Darby. And, uh, yeah, um, ultimately, Teddy Bridgewater was brilliant this game. Just shred through that awful Jaguars defense, 26 of 34, or 328 yards passing and a pair of scores. Uh, honestly, uh, we knew Bridgewater was the clear person who should have won the Broncos' job, and he's showing it, and I get it. That was against a bad Jacksonville defense, but – you know, he, he led that offense. He did what he was supposed to do. He won the game. 
and he did it with a heavy dosage of Cortland Sutton. The two of them hooked up nine times for 159 yards. That's what we saw in that final preseason game. We didn't see it week one of those seasons. We didn't see that uh, Bridgewater-Sutton uh, connection, but we officially saw it in week two. And honestly, that's here to stay, in my opinion. So, yeah, uh, Bridgewater clearly loved Sutton in the preseason. He clearly loved him in training camp. And he is right, and they are ready to be a top tandem in the league this year. Uh, one thing to note, Javonta Williams had as many carries as Melvin Gordon and was much more efficient with them. So moving forward, maybe, uh, you know, maybe Javonta Williams is, uh, maybe Javonta Williams starts to take a little more share of that job. So uh, they both had 13 carries. Gordon had two receptions on two targets. Uh, Javonta Williams had one reception on one target. Um, and Williams had 74 total yards and uh, Gordon had uh, 69 total yards. So, now it it looks like a clean platoon in which we and as you know that's just week two, so Javante Williams might be ready to take this sooner than later. So that that's a couple of rookies that did really good that game. On the other side, uh, Trevor Trevor Lawrence is going to take more time. He had the three turnovers week one. He has the two turnovers week two. He only threw for 118 yards, and he only complete he had 19 incomplete passes, only completing. 14 and 33. It's going to be bad for the Jaguars this season. Like Jaguars fans, it's, you know, the Jets and Jaguars might very well be the two worst teams in the NFL again this year. Detroit, there's optimism there. We're going to get to Houston in a little bit. Um, there's, a, there's a level of optimism there, plus a win. Uh, already too so yeah now Houston uh, the two teams that I was projecting to be the worst teams in the league are looking much better than I thought and you know there are some severe growing pains and there is a steep learning curve for both Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson um, do I think it's going to come around for both of them yes uh, they, they both have good veteran receivers that they rely on um Marvin Jones has been a rock for uh, Trevor Lawrence, and Corey Davis has been important to the development of Zach Wilson. Um, Marvin Jones led the Jaguars uh, receivers uh, again this week. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be rough for the time being, but eventually things will get better. Or at least that's a hope. You know, you believe you have the future. Don't give up hope ever two weeks. You knew that that's the important thing to remember. Whether it's whether it's uh, four performances from um, we're going to get to Justin Fields in a moment, whether it's four performances from Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson or Justin Fields, or whether it's the fact that Trey Lance really isn't seeing much of anything, you know, just be patient. These guys were never going to jump in immediately and be winning you games, but the teams. The teams around Lawrence and Wilson, especially, are not ready to compete yet. They're not ready to be good teams yet. So, you know, honestly, you, you need to get uh, the team around better and you need to develop the young quarterback. Uh, it's not, yes, Mac Jones is doing well, but he's not winning these games for the Patriots. He's just being efficient and not losing them. So he has the luxury of being in a spot where there's a strong running game 
and there's a strong defense. He doesn't have to force it as much as uh, he doesn't have to force it as much as a Lawrence or Wilson would. So do not start uh, you know do not start giving up on your rookie quarterback yet just because of a couple of rough weeks. This was always going to be rough weeks. Moving right along, the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins. Um, yeah, uh, like you know, first first drive of the game, they're quick three and out with a with a quarterback sack, um, giving the Dolphins uh, negative yards on that first series. I believe that was I, I want to say that was Greg Rousseau's first sack of the game. Um, no, it was actually Micah Hyde. Micah Hyde had that sack, and uh, yeah, it's from there the punt, and then two plays later the big single carry run for a touchdown, and the Buffalo Bills never looked back. Three rushing touchdowns from a running game that has been heavily criticized by by quite a few I know, including myself. Like uh, I, I, I am willing to eat some crow. <laughs> So I'm doing a lot of eating crow this week. We had a couple rushing scores from Zach Moss. We had uh, 82 yards on the ground from Devin Singletary. So over half of that was on one big play. Uh, he also had that score, three rushing touchdowns, two passing touchdowns from Josh Allen. He had the hookup with Stefan Diggs this game. Um, Josh Allen's still not efficient. Want to make this clear. Yeah, Buffalo winning 35-0 is a great thing and all. Josh Allen still struggled with efficiency. Uh, 17 completes, 16 incompletes. He, he was 17 of 33 for 179 yards. That's not someone who's blowing you away. Um, he has the interception also. So um, as much as I am willing to eat some crow for the Buffalo run game, I also kind of pointed out, you know, there, there should be some level of regression from, uh, from Josh Allen that offense this year. No, obviously, I wasn't predicting what was going to happen in the first week of the season. And I also wasn't thinking that he'd throw for 179 yards and, and, and an interception in week two. But at the same time, it's it stood to reason that uh, the offense wasn't going to be as good as they were last year. Too many people had career seasons. And um, yeah, so but once again, let's not get down on that. Let's let's see what happens when he's facing a big time opponent in a key spot when he has to drive the field, the team down the field to win the game. He's still an elite quarterback. He's still a top five guy. It's just the numbers aren't showing it at this current point in time. Oh, I have just been joined a little by Sarah. Uh, I, I got through some of the rough games so far. Uh, the, Buffalo, the Buffalo Bills blowing up Miami Dolphins, the Jets blow it off to the Patriots, the Broncos suffocating the Jaguars. So I've gotten to some of the some of the bad games, and then I also covered that Monday night game that we watched last night. So um, yeah, uh, we also watched that. Uh, oh no, you didn't watch that game with me. Um, you, you uh, Sarah wasn't able to watch the Sunday night football game because, uh, yeah, the um, or did you? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. Did you watch the Chiefs Ravens game? I don't think so. No, I mean, I, I don't know what you got the highlights. You know that yeah. uh, you know that Mahomes uh, ha has finally lost in September. You know that yeah, uh, I got that. Well, Lamar Jackson came back on that. So uh, I, I think I got pieces of the game. I don't know what was yeah. the what was distracting me. 
Okay, so, you know, here's a big question. Are, are you worried about the Chiefs at all? Or is this just they played with fire too many times and now they finally got burned? I mean, honestly, I, I think the Chiefs are still doing okay. Are they still the best team in football? Are you, are you taking them away from that? Or, or do you think that... I think it's too early to say that. Definitely. One more week. Who, they, who do they play next again? Um, I, I don't know who's next on the Chiefs schedule. Honestly, I haven't looked at next week's games yet. Um, if you're looking up that, like, for me, this is the way I look at it. We've always said that the Chiefs need to try hard the whole game. And that they, uh, I've always said that they play down to their level of competition, that um, that they just flip that switch on. And uh, uh, n- next week they're going into play, uh, playing the Los Angeles Chargers, fresh off the loss of the Cowboys in America's Game of the Week. So, um, so yeah, nice challenging game next week but also a nice game to approve the browns back honestly yeah. i think that you know when it when it really comes down to it i think this was the cheese still being the best team in the league and that just playing with fire a little too long and you know so they allowed the ravens to be in that game there were several points in times when when they, they could have just continued to, to pile on the points, but uh, the yeah. man, I never want to accuse a team of not trying as hard, but so I'm not going to accuse them of trying hard. I think that they were not going trying. to uh, uh, of not trying hard. I'm going to say though that they they took being able to score on that last drive for granted. Everyone seemed so shocked when Odafe Owa forced that fumble and the rave uh, and recovered it. Um, it's like, it, this can't happen for the Chiefs. And, but they kept on, they kept on putting themselves in those situations time and time again. It happened in the Super Bowl and it happened week two against the Ravens. Is, is this a wake up call for the Chiefs to try to like, just, do, do you think they're going to go out and blow out the Chargers next week as a result of this? I mean, Nothing against the Chargers and nothing against Chargers fans, but but I, but I kind of hope so. I, I think it was just just a, a little bit of that game. You know, you every team has it once in a while, or there's just that game where you're expected to win. Although that was a good game, the, the bits and pieces I saw was really good, um, really good watch. But I think it was just that game for them. You know, I think they can bounce back. Yeah, I, I think I think they'll be good. Uh, Owa had had a couple of key plays for rookie. Uh, so just highlighting another rookie, another uh, defensive player. He had a perfect time to bring in the IDP awareness hashtag. So hashtag IDP awareness. Whenever you're talking about a uh, defensive player that you really like on social media, whether it's um, on Twitter or Instagram or defensive player that helped you win in your league that week, uh, just hashtag the IDP awareness. And uh, yeah, uh, let's get the movement started. That's hashtag capital I, capital B, capital P, awareness all in lowercase. So quick plug there all right uh so from you know from the raven standpoint lamar jackson looked brilliant oh, uh over 100 yards rushing um over 200 passing um is this you know i i know you saw that he was getting more people involved in the offense is this something that you think is just going to be uh these earlier couple of weeks or do you think that lamar is actually developing into a full quarterback who can pass efficiently to guys like Hollywood Brown and rush efficiently as he has. Oh, I, I hope it's not just a flash in the pan. Um, one, he's on one of my fantasy teams. Um, but two, he just, 
he looked good. He looked good. And he's, he's looked I, better I like growing than he has in the past. Yeah. I, I like to root, yeah, root for people who are doing better, you know? Got to give him props. So, yeah, I hope he, I hope this continues. It, it'd be really neat. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it would only be good for football if, uh, if that were the case. And, uh, you know, the, the Ravens, something very important. They, they, uh, they stole a win off of the team that the Browns couldn't beat the week before. And, uh, you know, with the, with the way things are looking so far, um, like I'm not going to say that the, the Steelers and the Bengals haven't looked as good as the Browns and Ravens. Oh, wait, no. Yes, I am. I'm going to say that the Steelers and the Bengals, in my opinion, have not looked as good uh, as all right, so it says that the recording is still in progress. I really just kind of hope that um, that it didn't start over. Okay, so everyone, this is the JML for Real podcast. Uh, yes, the JML for Real podcast. Your host, JML, speaking. I have a a guest in Sarah Miller with me right now. So uh, she is uh, riding alongside me for a moment. I might have some people coming into the show. Uh, I don't know that for sure yet, but, uh, you know, at the same time, uh, we're going to continue going. Uh, we, we covered some of the week two action so far, but um, um, so we, we covered the blowout. We covered the Monday night game. We covered the Sunday night game. We covered the blowout losses to the uh, uh, for the Patriots, for the Bills and for the uh, Broncos. So I don't know if we lost that, but uh, you know, considering that most of what we covered um, has been blowouts up to this point in time, uh, we're just going to give a few, a, a little more on the uh, Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson showdown, which, you know, again, I, I'm not trying to take anything away from Patrick Mahomes because, you know, he, he still was brilliant. He still threw for a ton of yards. I just feel like uh, they turned the on switch. Like, I feel like they could have turned the on switch on and, uh, and left it on longer that game. Um, you know, some of those drives that just ended, some of those late drives that, that they didn't get any points on, it didn't feel like, it felt like the Chiefs could have shown up for those drives, and it felt like the Chiefs could have scored in those drives. It's just they were taking for granted the fact that they had a two-score lead most of the second half. I don't know. Did, did it seem at all like they were on a little bit of cruise control to you? I mean, I, I don't believe I caught most of them. I think I just got the highlights, which is all I think I'm remembering. Which which is not going to show them. <laughs> which isn't going to show control, that, yeah. So. Okay, yeah, no, that, that's very fair. Um, I feel like maybe I got the last, like, I think I got that last, what was it? Was it a fumble or was it a... Uh, yeah, the, the, the force uh, yeah, fumble. Yeah, the force fumble, fumble recovery by a lot, that, which is... I think I saw two seconds of that, and I, I don't know what was distracting me, but probably a cute little five build. Well, yeah, no, it was, uh, it, it was a hectic night for us. So a lot of it was from, uh, from replay too. So, but yeah, I will be jumping in on some of the other action now. And um, yeah, um, crazy, crazy slate of uh, games later. We, we will end the show with that crazy slate, but um, just going to continue to chug through. I know we referenced uh, the Steelers and the Browns and the, uh, uh, and, and the rest of that division. So let's get to, to the rest of that AFC North right now. Uh, the Browns, um, yeah. So Houston Texans scared up the Houston Browns for a little bit in there. Um, you know, once again, that game uh, was a game where, uh, like like the Sunday Night Football game, it's it's almost like you know 
everyone's expecting the the Packers and the Browns to storm out and the Texans score the first touchdown in the game and you're starting to think wait is this Texans team that much better it's kind of like no this Browns team's super good how, how is this happening and um you know it's uh it, it it was shocking to see that that score so close for so long but you know in, in the end Nick Chubb uh, when, when the Browns needed to score a touchdown, they were up by three points and they were driving later in the game. Nick Chubb came through and he just, you know, honestly, it's Nick, Nick Chubb might just be one of the most clutch players in the game. Uh, most one of the most clutch players in the game. He, he turns it on late and he just punishes teams, not quite to the level that uh, Derrick Henry does. But at the same point in time, like, I don't know if there is a another running back in the league as clutch as Nick Chubb other than possibly Derrick Henry. A- a- anything to say about Chubb? I mean, I hate to like repeat what you said, but you're, you're exactly right on that statement. If uh, in the clutch, he's great. He's fantastic. And that uh, the, 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 um, the, the brutal stiff arm on, on, on that final play and uh uh, the power running and, and, and the speed, you know, he, he, he's the complete package. Sometimes it's just a, uh, a shame to realize that he's splitting with Kareem Hunt. But then, then you remember how great Kareem Hunt is also. You know, he didn't have as big of a game this week. Um, let's talk a, a few injuries for a moment, though, because I kind of just jumped over them uh, in, in one of the games. back uh, Backpedaling to the uh, – Buffalo Miami game to attack of a lower left that game. And we don't have a lot of clarity yet. We know it's something to do with the ribs, but um, you know, we're going to see more in, in the future, but it looks like uh, uh, he's not going to be playing this week. And uh, yeah, is, is that a big loss or do you think that Jacoby Brissett will come in and um, be efficient in this, in this offense? Uh, uh, they seem similar enough to me. Like, I, I like Tua's talent, but I mean, let, let's face it, he, he hasn't quite, he hasn't really gotten this Miami Dolphins doll, offense to do much in the first two weeks of the season. Might Brissett actually be a nice change of pace? I mean, yeah, I, I think it'd be a good change of pace. I kind of want everyone to win. That's kind of my downside. You don't want the Dolphins okay. to win. You're a Jets fan. Okay, that's fair. But what I meant by that was, uh, when you were saying, is, you know, is Jacoby going to fit in well? I always want to be like, well, I hope he does. I hope he does good. And I generally just take that attitude with everything. But whether he's actually doing it or not, I don't know. It, I think it's going to be a good change of them. Yeah, what, I mean, one of the things that I'm looking at, like, he has – there's speedy receivers in that offense with Jalen Waddle and Will Fuller and everything. And, you know, Brissett's got a big arm. So maybe we see a little more explosion out of it, like, uh, between Waddle, Parker, Fuller, do, do you have someone that you think that Brissett might target more? Uh, or no? Eh, okay. Uh, yeah, no. That, uh, we, we are not as big of Dolph, Dolphins aficionados here. Personally, I think that the downfield play of uh, uh, speed of Jalen Waddle will get him targeted more, but uh, and I, I don't have any real insight when it comes to that. Um, Baker Mayfield is struggling back and forth with an injury. He did finish the rest of the game, but that's something to keep an eye on. Odell, who knows when he's coming back. How bad does the Jarvis Landry injury hurt that Browns offense? Or do you think it's just going to be a lot of ch- a lot more chubbing? Hunt? 
I mean, it'll, it'll probably have to be a lot more tub and hunt. Um, I, I think dealing with, with Baker and dealing with uh, Odell. Odell, thank you. I'm sorry, Odell. <laughs> um, I think it compounds it a lot, definitely. Um, but they, if you have some guys that can try to help step in, so. Yeah, but I mean, I, I don't know. Like, uh, I know that uh, Felton, that backup running back returnman wide receiver, stepped in and had a, a, a nice game. And I, I don't know. I feel like we've seen enough from uh, People's Jones. I mean, Hollywood Higgins is intriguing, but for me, losing Jarvis Landry for uh, uh, for, for the exper extended period of time, I, and not knowing what's going on with Odell, does, bad hit. yeah, does 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 Baker really? If you were Baker Mayfield, would you feel comfortable back there? Huh. Unless you were just handing off to Nick Chubb two thirds of the game. I mean, handing off. So Nick Chubb does definitely makes me feel a little better, but um, I mean it's definitely something for him to worry about a little bit. Yeah, I, I think so. Does Baker, uh, if they crowd the box on Chubb and somehow he's not able to overcome it, um, does Baker have what it takes to win with backup receivers? Well, we'll find out. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we just, um, any confidence whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, I like Baker. I like definitely like what I've seen with him. I'm do I have a strong opinion on if he can do it or not? Uh, not, not really. Like I, I don't have a strong opinion. It's not that I don't believe him. So I don't really have a strong opinion one way or another, unfortunately. Okay. All right. So yeah, we'll 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 see what happens. Um, I don't know. Like I can see things. As someone who has Baker Mayfield on a bench in a league that he has Ryan Tannehill starting. Ooh. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure which way to go. Um, oh, may, 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 maybe it's using a pro waiver priority on a guy like Derek Carr, <laughs> which you got, you, you guys know that you guys know that I have uh, called him a, a very average NFL quarterback, which um, yeah, he has not looked average at all the first two weeks of the season. How about Derek Carr almost throwing for 400 yards uh, this week with a 390 plus and over 400 last uh, last week. Um, and this week he did it by spreading the ball around. He didn't just force speed Waller the whole time. I think this is the new Raiders offense. And I know you didn't watch any of uh, the Steelers Raiders game at all. And uh, the, the, the that you have very little stock in either of those teams other than Waller. But I was fun seeing the room, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's what the Raiders did was impressive. So what the Raiders did to the Steelers was impressive. That deep ball to Henry Ruggs, um, car almost looked matchup proof, especially when you consider how badly the Steelers dismantled the high powered Buffalo Bills. Uh, a week ago, their defense was all over it, just forcing all sorts of things. So, here's my question, and you know, it's it's going to be argued about all this week. Is the Steelers' defense like what to make of the Steelers' team? They blow out a team that was in the 
uh, well, not really blowout, but they, they dominate. You know, it felt like a blowout. I know it was 23 to 16 at the end, but it felt like a blowout uh, in that second half because once the Steelers got started, they just dominated the Bills and they shut down that offense completely, but they couldn't shut down Derek Carr and the Ravens. Is this a special season for Carr? Is this a um, a lot more regression for the Bills than we thought there would be? Or is this a inconsistent Pittsburgh Steelers team? That's really tough. Um, as someone who lives an hour south of Cleveland, I hope it's just an inconsistent Steelers team. Because when I said earlier that I like everyone to win, I, I don't like the Steelers to win. Sorry. Not sorry. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, it would be really great if Carr just exploded everywhere, to be honest. Like, right? It would be really great if it was just the Raiders coming out. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be nice if this was just the Raiders here? Yeah. I'd be and okay that, that. You know how, like, More than I don't know, like, that, that one year that after just being a um, – a lower end playoff team for a bit with uh, with the Ravens and how Joe Flacco got his ones goal that one year. Um, you know, it, it would be nice if this was that year for uh, for Chucky and for um, and for Carr. And you know, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about Jacobs because Jacobs ain't playing right now. And and by the way things are looking, Jacobs isn't gonna have a great season either way. It's it, this is gonna be a lot of this is gonna be a lot of heavy dosage with Derek Carr. It feels like, and uh, I, I, I can, I can be very content with the Raiders winning in those scenarios. Uh, Kenyon Drake looked good coming out of the backfield, um, and you know when it comes down to it, Henry Ruggs, Hunter Renfro, uh, uh, Brian Edwards. So, look, it, 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 any one of the, do you think it's just a great trio behind Darren Waller, or do you think one of those guys can emerge? Uh, Ruggs was the one who had the deep touchdown catch. Uh, um, you know, versus the Steelers to really seal the game. Um, Byron Edwards has has had flashes. I know you have a few shares of Byron Edwards in a few leagues, so it's one of those things where I'm guessing that's because you believe in him a little more. And Hunter Renfro is just Mr. Automatic on third down. Like, does any one of the three stick out to you more, or do you think that they just make up a, a really good trio behind Waller? I think they make up a really good trio. I mean, they're all good in their own way, definitely, but Definitely a good trio behind Waller, definitely. Yeah, and one that I could see having a lot of success. Um, and once again, Kenyon Drake, great, great from the backfield. Uh, Alec Ingold, uh, one of the better, uh, you know, one of the best tight, not tight ends, fullbacks in the game. And uh, who knows, maybe this is Cars here. Chucky's return to greatness. I uh, would like to point out another rookie in that game, uh, Trevin, uh, Trevon Mowry got his first career interception. As a matter of fact, uh, there were three rookies, uh, secondary, um, that got their first career interceptions this, uh, this week. We have uh, Trevor Mulrig, we have Patrick Sertan, and then we had um, uh, Asante Samuel Jr. for the, uh, for, for the Chargers. Uh, I also didn't mention uh, Greg Rousseau having the two sacks for the Bills in that Dolphins game. So a little bit of uh, rookie love going around a, a, a Great week to be a great week to be a, a defensive rookie. It's like uh, between uh, Oahu and Rousseau and Spartan and you know and, and and all of that. It was it was just a, a really good week. Um, this is a really talented uh, rookie class. I think this year. I think one will remember us remember as fondly as the rookie class that includes uh, 
Devonte Adams and Aaron Donald. But do, do you think this rookie class is something special? I mean, from a from a fantasy perspective, I I love drafting rookies. You know this, um, but yeah, definitely this year there's a, there's a lot of good potential that's just there already. And that's without Micah Parsons yeah. playing as <laughs> big as he was. Uh, Nick Bolton uh, emerged really strong for Kansas City uh, in that game. Too, you know, too bad he was overshadowed by a law, but uh, Nick Bolton had himself a nice nine tackle game, helped to contain the, the Baltimore offense a little, but, you know, really Lamar Jackson had his way at the end of the game. Um, so, yeah, um, going through all that. And then we have, a, then we have the Cincinnati game. Um, because you know we're, we're rushing through the uh, the AFC North right now because we uh, covered the Browns a little, the Steelers a little. So, uh, but you did you, you hope it's still being inconsistent. But um, I'm, I'm kind of joking. When I you that. think it's you think it's the uh, you think it's the Raiders. Um, you're hoping it's the Steelers inconsistent. Yes. But you're thinking that it's the Raiders are just took the next step. I I believe that. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna be controversial here. Um, I don't think the Bills were as good as they were a year ago. Can I explain that a little? Uh, I I know it's a dangerous game when, when I know it's a dangerous game when you're playing the whole uh, this team beat this team and this team beat this team. So therefore, the final team is not as good as the first team. But the Josh Allen efficiency of this year through two games has been much closer to the Josh Allen efficiency of years where he was called an inaccurate quarterback than it was to the Josh Allen efficiency of last year, mm. even in a blowout win. And I get it. The Dolphins are, are a strong defense, too, but... I, I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't think that the Raiders are world beaters. Um, it would be nice. But I think that the, the Steelers, that the Raiders may have proven that their passing attack is, might be better than the Buffalo Bills passing attack. And, you know, part of this, I'm just saying to be controversial <laughs> because I, I love the fact that people hate me talking down the bills. But, you know, I'm going to have fun with it while I can. <laughs> Screw you, right? <laughs> uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, I, I think there's some cause for concern in Buffalo. Um, and Pittsburgh is, yeah. Is, is showing that they're going to have to win games defensively because uh, Big Ben has an injured peck. Um, I, I don't know what that's going to lead to. Like, the last time I remember someone having an injured peck, it was uh, – uh, I don't know. I, I remember others since then. But, you know, that could be anything from mild agitation week in, week out, like a turf toe. And it could also be something that keeps you out season long. So who knows what, what that is. Um, <laughs> and this team isn't the same with Mason Rudolph as it is with Big Ben. So, um, which actually, I don't think he's the, the backup. I think it's Dwayne Haskins. But okay, you know, 
long story short, uh, I don't know what to expect about the Steelers other than they're going to have to win a lot of games with defense. But there is one other important injury to note from that game, too. It is uh, T.J. Watt. He's, it's listed as day-to-day right now, but there is a chance that uh, the Steelers might have to play a game without the heart and soul of that defense. And, uh, you know, honestly, I, I don't think that defense is going to look anywhere near the same without Watt on the field. So things to watch there uh, with the Bengals. Um, it was a touchdown saved the performances of T. Higgins and Jamar Chase this week for fantasy owners, but uh, it was a little bit of a Tyler Boyd show, and that's mainly because the 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 um, Chicago Bears were in Joe Burrow's face way too often because that line is so tragically bad that he had to keep on going to uh, to the slot, the place he's most comfortable with, and hooking up with Tyler Boyd. Connected at 70, uh, seven times for like 73 yards or something like that. Um, I think this is something that you're going to, that Bengals fans are going to have to get used to. When a team can put up a strong pass rush, Burrow's not going to have time, uh, time to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, that line is that bad. I hold to it. They should have addressed it in alignment. And I get it. <laughs> Uh, Penis Wall was not the answer because he's having some very bad growing pains for the Lions. So maybe, you know, maybe they shouldn't have drafted because, you know, Jamar Chase has had a good season, but you need to protect Burrow. Do you think that, so I, I'm going to ask this question real quick. Joe Burrow, do you think it's all the line or do you think that's uh, neutralizing a uh, strong talent? And that, you know, with the flashes that we saw, um, are him if he had a good line? Or do you believe he might just be an inconsistent quarterback? I mean, that's tough, too. <laughs> um, I have a slight, slight lean, and guys don't hate me out there, that he could just be inconsistent. Wow, Okay. I mean, I'm definitely on the uh, the whole thing where I believe that it's his line is just trash and he'll be great if he has a good one. But uh, I know earlier in the uh, in these uh, in this off season that I said that you know maybe he's the next Russell Wilson, you know, a guy who can play despite the line. He's clearly not the next Russell Wilson. He's going to need to be protected in order to make those plays. And I get it; he still had that huge hookup with Chase uh, for the touchdown and that salvaged Chase's game and that he still had the score to uh, T. Higgins. But let's not forget that he also led an offense that turned over the ball four times in the second half. And a lot of a lot of that was as a result of pressure and him being under constant duress, including that uh, interception for touchdown by Raquan Smith, which yeah. really just kind of put the game away. And, and I get it. He had a couple late touchdowns and that you know, the Bengals were losing 17 to three and they only lost 20 to 17 in the end. Um, gave the Bears a scare, but, you know, it's, it just, that line takes that offense out of the game. And it's a shame because that offense would be a fun offense to watch if it wasn't for how much, uh, uh, you know, how much uh, Burrow gets ragged on. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd be more than happy to retract that statement, but until they get a better line, there's no way to actually. Well, you don't have to retract it. We don't. We don't, don't have to agree. I it's... mean, like retract, retract. <laughs> I would again. It's one of the things I would hope it's the, the line and not him being inconsistent. But 
I got a slight lean that way. There's, there's no way to know until the line gets fixed or until he goes somewhere else with the better line. Yeah, no way to know whatsoever. Hopefully Cincinnati doesn't write and just brings it in this offseason. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Okay, so, uh, so yeah, we've uh, blown through the AFC East and uh, the AFC North. Uh, the AFC West, I think we covered completely. No, we did not. America's game of the week, <laughs> the Los Angeles Chargers hosting the Dallas Cowboys, an offensive shootout waiting to happen. But wait. Yeah, we we had we had that 14-11 first quarter. And then the defenses step up. Did, did you want the offensive shootout, or are you as excited as I am that this that this turned into a defensive cluster? I mean, you you are the defense. You like you like the defensive stuff. I get that. I would have loved to have seen the shootout though. I yeah, loved to have seen the offense just fight each other. I know Dak and CD yeah. and Herbert and Eckler and Allen and Amari and I, I know going down the list that everybody was wanting to see touchdowns left and right, but. Uh, you know, honestly, I said it last week. The Brandon Staley effect. The Rams defense didn't look as good as it did a year ago last week. Honestly, yesterday, they didn't look as good as they did a year ago, in my opinion. Though some would probably argue that uh, two days ago. Um, the Chargers defense has looked excellent through two weeks. In one, they propelled their team to a victory. In another one, they lost a close game against a high-powered offense that they limited to 20 yards. Kenneth Murray was all over the place. The key contribu- uh, contribu- uh, contribu- uh, contributions from the linebacker core. Uh, the, the secondary was all in it, whether it was in Sierra Adderley or Derwin James or uh, Sante Samuel Jr. Joey Bosa did a nice game, too, that, that line. Uh, uh, Fackrell, I think, is there now. Yes. Yeah. So all of the and and all the above. That Chargers defense did everything they could to win the game, and it ultimately came down to the fact that the cha- the Chargers offense squandered a drive and got no points after taking five minutes off the clock and driving the length of the field. Um, they squandered it on a interception in the end zone by Demonte Kaze, um, who came up huge for the Dallas Cowboys. Another IDP awareness there. Um, yeah, the uh, interceptions were all in a clutch moment, and Dallas's defense proved that if they can't be good, they can at least be opt- opt- uh, opportunistic with three interceptions that game. Any thoughts about the Dallas defense? Do you, do you think they're, they're, they're still a, a defense that's just opportunistic, or do you think there's a chance that the defense might be getting better? I think I think there's a chance that their defense might be getting better. Uh, I mean, to be able to pick up those opportunities, you have to be able to – you have to be excelling, in, in my opinion. Okay. Are you concerned about Justin Herbert at all in, in year two, or has he just faced – uh, or has he just faced a good defense one week and a much improved defense that was underrated the next? That definitely. So no concern about Justin Herbert despite the struggles for two weeks. I, I I think he just needs to get some footing, you know. And okay, 
So against the Chiefs uh, offense this week, um, you're expecting a shootout? I didn't think about that per se. Um, Cause I'm still seeing, I'm still kind of seeing the Chiefs as a big winner. Like, uh, and I get it that I love this Chargers defense and everything, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it's one of those things where it's, um, I, I'm not predicting anyone to stop the Chiefs until someone yeah. actually stops the Chiefs. Yeah, pretty much. Nothing against um, Herbert and team. Okay, so so is this going to be noting that Kansas City's on the schedule? If they're one and one, they lost their home opener. But Justin Herbert's struggling. Is this going to be a long <laughs> season for uh, Los Angeles Chargers? Probably. Um, I think Herbert's going to do well. Don't be wrong, but but yeah. Especially with the emergence of the Raiders and the Broncos being better than people thought. Yeah. Um, Broncos get a softball at the Jets next week and. I don't know who the Raiders are playing yet, but you know, at the same time, it's just uh, this division's looking good if the Chargers can hold up to their end of the bargain. But you know, at the same time, it's um, this Chargers team may not be as good as it looked early on, and who knows? You know, but I kind of really feel that they needed to steal that home opener. They forced their style of football on the Dallas Cowboys, and then they lost to a Dallas Cowboys team. Uh, the Raiders, uh, the Raiders will be playing the Dolphins next week. I think we learned a lot about both teams in that game. So, um, definitely. so, so definitely something to uh, look forward to. Okay. So moving right along, uh, we have not really talked much about the AFC South yet, but, um, uh, we, we've hit up a few teams in the, uh, NFC North at this point in time. Let's, let's wrap up the NFC North at that Eagles and 49ers game, which admittedly I didn't see a lot of. Um, but it all came down to it. Uh, Jalen Hurts still ran for, uh, still, still ran for a ton of yards, still threw for a good amount of yards, but this 49ers offense just after the, uh, I want to, I want to, I want to fact check myself before I say something. This was the game where, Yeah, this 49er offense just dominated the football and held on to it for um, over 40 minutes this game. Um, it's really hard to win when your offense has the football for just 20 minutes. Do you think that this Eagles offense was dominated because they didn't get the ball enough? It was dominated by a strong 49ers defense? Or it might not be as good as it looked a week ago. I mean, I think it was a, a mix between the first two. Because you're absolutely right. 20 minutes with the ball is nothing. It's it's not not much you can build off of. Um, and the and the defense stuck around. Yeah, Nick Bosa had a pair of sacks. I so I ask that because I still believe in the Eagles. Hertz was still great. I still saw all the stuff that I saw in the uh, that I saw glimpses of in, in the preseason. I still saw what I saw in week one. I just think that San Francisco is a much better team than a lot of people, including many of my co-hosts, are willing to give them credit for. Um, and I know it looks like I backslid on that a little, but uh, that's because of the injuries. And, you know, I'm going to stay a little backslidden on the 49ers. I, I can talk about how brilliant and talented that team is and how much, if when all healthy, 
they could potentially be the best team in the league uh, outside of Kansas City, but you know, um, still my opinion. But they don't have a backfield. Jamichael Hasty injured. Eli Mitchell injured. We don't we don't know what's going on. Um, like, at what point in time is next man up? Just known anymore. And I, I know I asked, asked this with the Ravens and Tyson Williams shows up and it's like, ha ha, yeah, next man up continues four deep, you know, uh, take that. But um, it's, is this just going to happen the same way uh, for Shanahan as it did for Harbaugh? Like the next person he brings in is just going to be bold again? I mean, with any luck, maybe maybe that's a superpower. <laughs> gold people, golden, golden RBs. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I guess is yeah. I, I guess is uh, his super flaws the fact that they're gonna get hurt after a game. <laughs> yeah, like, pretty much. <laughs> like honestly, what is what is going on? Like, do you, do you have? I don't know. Some people talk about the water, and some people talk about uh, you know people needing to lose their jobs and that training and conditioning. Water, you know, like someone's in the water. Like, yeah. Uh... Do, do you? <laughs> what is? Do you have anything to say about the San Francisco thing? like a different insight that's not just the same rumors and speculations and conspiracies that everyone else is talking. Is it just that bad because they need new people working there? Like, what is... I mean, I'm, I'm really not... Maybe with certain things, but I'm really not a conspiracy theorist by heart. Um, like, there should be a logical explanation. If it, and if it is a logical explanation, then, yeah, maybe it's time for a mix-up of staff. Okay, so you're just saying fire everyone, hire yeah, not everyone. I don't want people to feel terrible now. I don't want people to lose their jobs. I just, I mean, you, you don't want to guess. Maybe, don't, <laughs> maybe that is if the want. job, if your job is to keep the players on the field and you are, you, your team is getting ball. injured beyond the point where they're e- no longer even meme worthy. Like, oh, yeah, someone, someone somewhere's. Not relaying something wrong, sounds like. Okay. So, yeah, I, I would say there's a staffing issue. They need to get in there, and I'm sure, I'm sure some of them are doing an okay job. Some of them could be doing a great job, but someone somewhere, it definitely needs, uh, need to be removed and replaced. Okay. So, and if the 49ers can somehow get this under control, how how far do you think they could go? I mean, I, I think it's going to take too long this year to get out of control things like this don't happen overnight obviously okay so so you just think at some point in time the 49ers will dwindle off because it'll be one entry too many of us yeah 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 maybe they they could easily bounce back it's early very early but i don't i think it's it's already too little too late you know this is not something that's easily figured out okay so um we have more games left for my liking than uh, than we should with how much time we've taken so far. <laughs> I'm just gonna go through, blow through a couple of the blowouts really quick. Uh, Carolina Panthers' deep defense dominated the New Orleans Saints. That New Orleans offense isn't is the Jameis Winston threw for 140 yards offense, not the Jameis Winston threw for five touchdowns offense. Like I know I discussed it before that uh, the, the New Orleans Saints are. Uh, or a little bit of anomaly because I, I didn't see the clear path on how they beat the Packers. And I wasn't sure with what James Winston was. He was clearly the 140-yard quarterback. 
He backed it up again this week with, I think it was 118 yards. That offense, the Carolina defense held that New Orleans offense under 200 yards of total offense. That, yeah, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. IDP awareness all over the place. Uh, give me shares of the Carolina defense and special teams in like every league at now at this point in time. Uh, because, you know, Hassan Reddick and Brian Burns and Derek Brown and um, J.C. Horn, I think J.C. Horn had his first interception as a rookie this week, too. I, I'm pretty sure that that happened. Um, you know, j- just up and down the Denzel Pyramid, another big game, a lot of tackles, it was 12 tackles. So that, that Panthers defense is legit. And I get it. They've done it to a rookie quarterback who got humiliated the next week in Zach Wilson. And then they followed up doing it to a guy who threw 140 yards the week before. Watch out. It's going to happen. That Panthers defense is going to keep them in games. And you know what? Apparently, Sam Darnold can win now that he's not a New York Jet. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, Sam Darnold was efficient. Sam Darnold, I believe, threw for over 300 yeah, yards again. and spread the ball around. And uh, yeah, um, <laughs> so this Panthers team is much better than they look like on, uh, than they looked like at the beginning of the season. And what can you say about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? This was these four teams all played in division. What they did to the Falcons, like Brady, two touchdowns to Gronk, Brady, two touchdowns to Mike Evans, Brady, another touchdown to Chris Godwin. Um, is this man ever going to get old? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> Are either of these guys ever going to get I old? Rob Gronkowski no is, is now ageless. Ooh, he had another two touchdowns. This, this, he has four touchdowns it, the first two games of the season. It's just baffling. Uh, like, I, I, I'm, oh. I, I, I'm done. I, I, I'm done with it it's, it's <laughs> yay tom brady pads another record it's uh, it, you know it's uh and then the defense and then the defense is like uh then people you know are saying oh man uh the offense is so brilliant this is why the uh uh the this is the heart and soul of the fucking heroes and the defense is like hold my beer right <laughs> <laughs> mike edwards is decide i'm gonna return two interceptions for a touchdown <laughs> when the game is on the line you know because you know while while the Buccaneers were going back and forth because Porto Patterson was doing good with the Falcons and the Falcons were within a score. And it's like, nope, the defense, let's change that. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Final score of 48 to 25. Um, it's hard to believe at the beginning of fourth quarter, they were within a score because it was just so utterly humiliating. And it's kind of like, um, is are the Buccaneers best team in the league? I mean, you got the Chiefs still. Okay. But um, it, it, it was mighty impressive. I'm not going to lie. I, I saw a power ranking that put the two teams ahead of the Chiefs this week. Um, I, I, I think you can put the Buccaneers ahead of the Chiefs at this point in time. Because the Buccaneers don't come with the flaw of an off and on switch. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I wholeheartedly disagree that the Rams should be ahead of the Chiefs at this point. But, uh, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> well that that's where that's where we're heading in a moment so um but looking through were there any other blowouts and uh yeah no we are we are down to our final few games we have the cardinals and the vikings and we have the titans and the seahawks um oh and and the rams and the colts so uh so yeah, we're going to go through those. So we saved the best for last because, um, you know, that NFC West is now 7-1 for two weeks. Uh, the one loss comes 
fun. King Henry just absolutely annihilating the Seahawks in the second half. You know, this game looked like it was all Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Up, up until the up until halftime, and then it looked like it was still going to be Seahawks at the beginning of the fourth quarter when they had that 30 to 17, uh, 30 to, no, uh, to 16 lead, and um, and then Derrick Henry just proved why he's the best <laughs> running back in football. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Christian McCaffrey, you haven't done it yet this season. So we're going to call Henry the best for now. Like, I'm okay with that season. Uh, I mean, what is there to say? Like, is, is there anyone that can stop him when he's actually on like that? Because, you know, the Seahawks, they were dominating this game. Mm-hmm. They were up by multiple scores multiple times. Even after Henry got started, they were up by uh, two scores on that big touchdown pass to Freddie Swain. Another huge touchdown pass to Kyle Lockett. Russ cooked. Um, the whole first half was about let Russ, let, let Russ cook. The whole second half was, was about King Henry. And it's, you know, almost 240 yards, three touchdowns. Does it concern you a little that he touched the football 41 times? And that's always concerning. Okay, so obviously it's not sustainable. I, I wouldn't think so, but I mean, go ahead. Sorry. But he's breaking all the rules on what is sustainable. <laughs> right? Like, I, I, I know I said, like, I know I said that there's no way he could go over 2,000 back-to-back seasons, but then, then he just... He, he gets 10% of that in one game. And I'm kind of like, I, I don't know, like, is there a point at which he will break down or is he just unstoppable? I think he's unstoppable. I, I think he's just going to keep going. Now, I could be wrong, but I don't know. That's from, from what I've seen, from the, from the bit I've heard, he just seems that good. So he just defies all the laws of physics. Yeah, Got it. pretty much. Okay. Yeah, there's, you know there's what? my conspiracy uh, theory for this. <laughs> okay. Uh, King Henry defies the laws of physics. Uh, and I think that's what it comes down to because, you know, Tannehill and the rest of that offense, well, minus Julio, because Julio had a nice little game. Should have been better. That should have been a touchdown. I don't know how you overturn that. I didn't see the conclusive angle. It was called an incomplete pass then it should have been an incomplete pass. It was called a touchdown. It should have stayed a touchdown. If you disagree with me, you're wrong. So, yeah, that's that's how I feel on that. And, um, yeah, um, the Titans are really only going to go as far as Derrick Henry takes them. Um, yeah. Because let's, let's forget all about that big three at this point in time. It, it's King Henry. And the pecking order goes down from there. All right. Um, Arizona, Minnesota. What a highlight real game as a whole. Everyone getting involved. Adam Thielen, Rondo Moore, Justin Jefferson, AJ Green, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, all caught touchdowns. Dalvin Cook. Ran all over the place, was controlling the game. 
um, really was taking it to the Cardinals, and then he started having issues with the injury that game. I believe all the Cook stuff was just cramping, though. So that's a good thing for the Vikings moving forward. Uh, Kirk Cousins versus Kyler Murray, that game was everything um, that you want out of a football game if you love offense and if you love big play. Honestly, I enjoyed the uh, the Cowboys and the Chargers game more, but the the um, but the highlight reel from Minnesota Arizona was, was more enjoyable, and to have the whole game come down to a missed field goal at the end for the Vikings, preserving the win for the Cardinals. Um, one of the games of the season is it is it the best game of the season so far? I think so. Those are the games. Yeah, you don't you don't think uh, so? So you oh you, you didn't see the full. Chiefs Ravens. I thought that it was a better game than the Chiefs Ravens game. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm going to say it. I thought it was the best game of the season up to this point in time. When you, you know, when you cover all the intrigue and the drama and it being decided on the last second, but but not by the team who was who was meant to decide it, but not going the way of the team that decided it. Um, and really, uh, Kyler Murray showed off the video game moves again. I don't know how he does what he does, how he just makes it, how he just is like, I'm Bo Jackson and you're the rest of Super Tecmo Bowl or Tecmo Super Bowl, my bad. Um, But he just makes people miss. Like that Rondell Moore touchdown, absolutely insane what Murray did to set that up. Can Murray be the best quarterback in football this year, I, I think it's a definite possibility. I mean, I still like a couple others better. Just nothing against Murray. Who do you who do you like better than Murray this year? I mean, I love Russell Wilson. You think Russ has got it for a full season? <sighs> Russ didn't have it in the second half versus the Titans. I mean, that's fair. Well, I mean, he, he did throw a deep ball, but like he, he he Russell Wilson had a chance to win that game on two separate occasions, and he didn't take it. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't negate the fact that I like him as a player. Okay, okay. Um, but but I, I think you're. I think uh, I think Murray could have it. I think uh, I think Murray can can win the MVP this year. I'm not talking about number one in fantasy football. I'm talking about the guy is acknowledged as the NFL NFL MVP this season. It would not shock me at all. It would not shock me to find out this Cardinals team uh, is, uh, could be a Super Bowl champion this year. I like what I've seen from the Cardinals, and, and I get it. They're a missed field goal away from, from losing that game, but I still like what I saw from the Cardinals because it's not just flashes of brilliance with them. It's flashes of dominance. They took the best of what the Vikings could offer, a dominant performance from uh, Dalvin Cook while Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen were both on their A game. And with Donnie L. Hunter having an amazing game himself, they took the best that the Vikings could offer and still turned it into a win. Yeah. Not a ton of teams in the league can do that, even if it does come by a missed field goal at the end. So, uh, I'm feeling very differently about the Cardinals than I than I did just a couple weeks ago. Um, Rams Colts Rams played uh, another strong game. 
another another brilliant game. Matthew Stafford, the Cooper Cup, is is a legit number one wide receiver, uh, quarterback wide receiver tandem. Uh, the running game got a little better, but it's still banged up. Uh, I, I need to see a little more there. The defense, I think, the, I actually thought that the defense played better against the Colts than they did against the Bears. And I know they blew out the Bears and everything, but I, I thought that there was more discipline play. And ultimately, that game comes down to the fact that a backup quarterback, because Carson Wentz was knocked out of the game, backup quarterback decides he's going to target Jalen Ramsey. And Jalen Ramsey proved why he is the best cornerback in football. Um, sorry, Ethan. I know you think it's Jair Alexander. And I do mean that way sometimes. Like, I, there, there's, there's some Jair stuff that I love. But I think that Ramsey uh, really reminded us of why it was him yesterday. So, um, who knows what's going on with Carson Wentz. He's got injuries in both ankles right now. Um, you know, those memes with the little body bandages, uh, the body completely bandaged up. Yeah, that's Carson Wentz this year. Um, <laughs> what it's like to be, a, the Colts now know what it was like to be an Eagles fan all those years. Um, <laughs> and yes, the Rams are a, are a really good football team. Um, potentially, you know, I don't want what I've said about the Rams in the past to be, uh, to continue to be misinterpreted. I think that the uh, Rams are legitimate bowl contenders. And, but I always had the 49ers ahead of them, but the injury uh, started happening. I have been more impressed with the Cardinals and the Rams over the first two weeks of the season. I get it. They both had big blowout losses week one. They, they both had uh, late determined games by one score week two. Cardinals were lucky to win. Rams earned the win. I don't know. Rams versus Cardinals. Do you, do, do you think the Rams are the best team in the NFC West? Or, or can you see arguments for almost any one of them? With the Seahawks being the fourth team? 49ers, Seahawks, Cardinals, Rams. Um, Is it clearly the Rams? Because, you know, honestly, when I saw the NFL power rankings today and the Rams were number two on the list. Oh, by the way, all four of those NFC West teams are listed in the top eight of the power rankings right now. Nice. Rams at two, 49ers at four, Seahawks at seven, Cardinals at eight. Are the Rams the second best team in football in your opinion? There's definitely potential. I feel like I, I never like power rankings because it's going to change like every day almost. Yeah. So when I say things like I feel like there's potential, I, I, that's my way of saying that, yes, I agree with the statement um, without actually committing, I guess, because it could change. So, yeah. Okay. So, so, so I'm very much in the minority. Everyone thinks that the Rams is, is the, are the class of the NFC behind the Buccaneers. And and I don't because I before I thought it was the 49ers, the injuries happened, but I think I saw more out of the Cardinals these first two weeks than I saw on the Rams. Um, you know what? At the end of the day, they're still great teams. Yeah. They both have Super Bowl chances. It's gonna be crazy to watch those division games and watch those four teams battle to see who is gonna be on top. Um, I believe we've officially covered them all. 
Now, I want to make sure that we covered every game because we went a little longer. So got to make sure you have everything if you went a little <laughs> longer. And uh, yeah, no, that's that's every game this week. And uh, I don't know. Um, the NFC West is something special. We talked about it again. Uh, the AFC West is, is is would be the best division in the league on, on any other normal year, but the NFC West is just something really special. Uh, both East are looking like they're going to be um, the East roles have uh, what am I trying to say? The NFC East is more competitive than the AFC East now. The AFC East teams might be the AFC East might be, might be this year's NFC uh, East. Nah, because Buffalo is not going to be that bad. Um, I don't know. Any any final things you want to say about anything? Any players? Any divisions? I mean, nothing in particular. I'm sorry, I'm not the best conversation all the time. Still, still had a good time. So, yeah, uh, I guess we're going to go into the wrap-up. Thank you to World in Sports for allowing me to write articles for them. Uh, my interview report uh, with, with World in Sport comes out tomorrow. So, um, so tomorrow evening, you can ch check out the most recent um, uh, NFL recaps. It's kind of what we talked about today. It's, you know, a few, a few more uh, attacks from a few different angles. So, um, yeah, thank you to World in Sports uh, for making me their chief NFL writer. So... <laughs> Um, thank you for Anchor to hosting the podcast. Thank you for all our fans who listen to the JML for Real podcast, who rate us on Google and Apple, uh, who are part of the JML for Real community on Facebook. Thank you for the follows on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. If you're not part of the community yet, join the community. There's daily, con uh, not daily content, but there's content uh, that, that hits um, the, the Facebook page five times a week, whether they be articles or podcasts. And, just thank you for being a part of that community and uh, join up with it. Uh, remember IDP awareness. Remember uh, JML for real on all the platform on all the platforms. So, uh, but yeah, that's obviously going to be in the show notes too. Um, sorry, we couldn't get Josh on today. We'll uh, we'll have his uh, we'll have him review last week's picks on this Football Friday show. And uh, you know, thank you all for listening once again. And uh, yeah, any uh, final. Words, thoughts, encouragements, anything from you? No, I'm good. No, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Thank you for all the listeners. And no, 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 no platform well. at the end. I don't think I have a platform right now. No, it's, it's kind of like no. the moment platform doesn't exist for me. Spare the moment platform doesn't exist. I'll, I'll think. I'll think of one. A funny Please. antidote. A uh, Derrick Henry joke. <laughs> Oh, I can't just some sound advice. Sound advice. I got nothing. Okay. Thank you, though. I appreciate the time coming on here. Well, I just need you to know. This week, you better not do anything to upset Patrick Mahomes. Don't send him any hurtful messages, or else his mother or fiance might get in touch with you. <laughs>